Welcome to the Buried Gems Podcast, where we dig through internet literature to try and find the next big thing. Oh, oh God. God, lemurs, right? <sighs> fuck them. Yeah. And fuck yokai. What, is, what the fuck is a yokai? It's a lemur. A yokai? No, no. You like lemurs? Yeah, just a little bit. I hate them. Why? Well, because every time I'm on the subway, they steal my fucking nuts. Every time. Every time I walk in the subway, a fucking lemur shows up and steal. I'm eating my peanuts, hmm. trying to go to the coffee shop so I can smugly write my fan fiction, just smug as hell, drinking Japanese coffee uh, in Indiana, you know, yeah, the way to be. And on the Indian Indianese subway, <laughs> fucking lemurs attack me Dude, every that, day. That's better than a heroin addict taking your wallet, though. Is it? I don't know. It depends. What kind of nuts are they? Peanuts. Oh, peanuts. And also my balls. They do they do sexually assault me. Well not yeah. okay, assault is a strong word. They take the basketball you are out of my asking bag. for it, right? No, I'm oh, are you trying to victim blame here? <laughs> Look, I'm just saying is that the lemurs attack me on the subway at least at least thrice a month. Hmm. At least thrice. Thrice being three times? Yes. I've only ever heard somebody from India use that word. Really? You've never yep. just heard it like in passing? Yeah, I've just, I never learned English good enough to put I mean, that in my vocab. Sounds about right. <laughs> if anybody who's listening, they start hearing some random beats, uh, don't worry. That's just people driving by our house. Apparently, yep. people like to drive. They don't live here. They don't live here, and they don't think they live anywhere close to here. I think they, uh, they drive through as a throughway when it's not, and they just blare music, and they like to lay on their horn. At like six in the morning, and it's just great. It's a lovely, fun time. It's it's amazing. I love it. Yeah, that's what that's what you get when you live in a budget neighborhood. But yeah, still have to pay thousand dollars a month. The uh, the icono pop syndrome. <laughs> what what is that? That I well you know I don't care. Oh, I love it. <laughs> you know? What? Yeah, I, I I'm not very well versed in pop culture. Oh, well you know I know uh, Billie Eilish. Oh, the is that the, related? The, ba- the bad boy? Oh yeah. Or the bad guy. Bad guy. Bad guy, yeah. She's a bad guy. Because yep. she wants to fuck your dad. I think that's the meaning of the song, right? Yeah, I think so. Sounds right. I haven't dug too deep into it. Yeah, I didn't either. And that's you know, that's ironic that we didn't dig too deep into Billie Eilish. That's weird, right? Yeah. Because that's what we're doing today. Oh. On the Barry Jim's podcast, we're digging deep. Into wow. the into the halls of internet fan fiction, the great libraries of the internet, and we're digging deep, and we're going five, six, seven stories deep into this library. You know, there's literal moths having entire civilizations at the bottom of these hallways, and we're finding the next Harry Potter and that moth-ridden pile of parchments and cloths. That's what we do here. <laughs> wow. Yeah. It's nice to get that backstory. It's good. It's good to know. You know, it is very dim in this library, which yeah. also happens to be um, in our house next to the road where all the music is. <laughs> uh, I'm your host, Fancy Octopus, and today we're doing a little different. We're only having one guest, but that's because he wants to learn. He wants to learn to become a literary expert. Mm-hmm. Like you said, he doesn't learn English very well, and so he's here to he's here to to learn some lessons on English, yep. on on literature, and and the internet. Would you say uh, his name is Toxic Gold? He's he's sitting across from me. Would you say that's your purpose here? Oh, definitely. And I mean, I've I've listened to a couple of these episodes before, and I've been pretty impressed with uh, the prose. So okay, so I think you're gonna like this story then. Uh, what would you say is your number one superpower in life? Oh my, my number one superpower is just being able to shut the fuck up sometimes. Wow, that's yeah. They should write a comic about you. They'll just be a bunch of thought bubbles. <laughs> yeah, dude. Everybody thinks I'm mute. And, and then uh, and then Toxic Gold was uh, approached with a uh, confrontal situation, and then the entire comic's just thought bubbles like the entire time. And at the end, the editor's like, see, he shut the fuck up sometimes, and his life's a lot better because of it. Uh, sadly, Proper Drink couldn't make us. He heard someone use the salad fork to eat their French onion soup over in uh, Chicago, and he is... He was livid. I mean, I've never seen someone so mad my entire life that he had to like straight up. He he went vigilante on them. I think he's going to Chicago, and I think he's going to take out that's that salad fork user. So, you know, 
pretty improper of them, but I feel like vigilante murder is a bit extreme, but you yeah. got to talk to proper Jen about that. And he's not here to defend himself, so later problem. Uh, well, well, we'll bring it up next time he comes around. But so yeah, so we're gonna try something here. We'll we'll see. I have a very sto- I have a story here that hopefully can teach. It's an exam. It's a it may be a microcosm, maybe a macrocosm, maybe it's just a cosm of the internet and fan fiction and original literature. Someone's hanging out outside, but uh, <laughs> it's our fans, dude. Th- dude, if they want to listen, yeah, we could open the windows up like uh, Good Morning America, and yeah, and have- maybe people show up with signs, and I'd be cool with it. We'd have to throw like beer bottles at them though, because we don't have yeah. anything else. We'd also have to give our address out, which I'm not totally comfortable with. Well, but. I mean, it is three 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 Indiana, comma Gary, comma Indiana Street, Fort Wayne, Indiana, zero two 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 two. Right. Yep. That's it. That's See, the one. You know, that's the way to go. Just living in living in public with my real name, Fancy Octopus. <laughs> Uh, so let's get started on this story. This story is written by an author of the name Pewter Natural. Uh, I'll just read his bio real quick. Hello, I go by Pewter Natural. I'm new to writing and appreciate anyone who reads and comments. I'm not sure what types of stories I will write, but if I write something you will you enjoy, let me know. Uh, that was last updated in January of 2016. Wow. So it's been around for a while. And this is his latest story. It's a long one, so we might be here for a little bit. And it's called of yokai and hopeless romantics. So, what do you what do you think a yokai is, dude? I have no idea. I imagine it's Japanese, but yes, uh, it is. Oh wow, lucky guess. So, what do you, what do you think it is? Um, I mean, I don't want to just stereotype people that write fan fiction, but I imagine it has something to do with underage schoolgirls and short skirts. I mean, you're not wrong, but it's not actually what a yokai is. It's just there's an intersection of yokai fan fiction and, and underage girls. Oh, okay. But yokai are actually a demon spirits that like kind of conjure themselves up in the world of some okay. sort. Okay, so I got I got about as close as you can get for a layman. Yeah, you got pretty close. Um, <laughs> it was almost spot on. <laughs> you just missed the demon and the spirit. Yeah. Part. Uh, a lot of the times these are manifested as girls with like fox ears or tails or whatever, you know. Well, you we'll see a bunch of yokai in this story. Um, so yeah, this is on fictionpress.com if you want to read along or give uh, Pewter Natural some support. Uh, we're going to start with chapter 1 today. Uh you wanted to you wanted to do a character, right? Yeah, give me any of them. I prefer playing a, a yokai if I'm being honest. I, I think it's going to be hard to find someone who isn't a yokai. <laughs> Um, how about this? I'm pretty sure Benahimi is the main character. So how about this? You'll be, you'll be Kurosawa. Okay. So, um, yeah, let's, let's, let's just dive on into this. You ready? You ready? Yeah. Are you going to give me cues and stuff? Because, uh, there's a lot of words here. And like I said, I don't know English very well, so I can't actually read. I'll have a big gong over here. And I'll edit it out for the listeners, but I'm going to hit it really hard. And hopefully, you'll get the cue. I don't know. I might get drowned out by all those subwoofers going by. That is true. There's a lot of people driving by. An astounding amount of people driving by for how late it is and how there's nothing here. What do you mean? There's houses that they don't live in. (laughs) That's the perfect thing to drive by. Okay, let's start start it. Of Yokai and Hopeless Romantics. Uh... Toyama Benihimi was quietly washing dishes, the silence of the Sasayama Academy student kitchen only broken by the sound of water coming from the faucet and the sound of sobs coming from her own eyes. That very... <laughs> well, I like that parallel there. You know, the, just the only thing breaking the silence is her frantically sobbing. Yeah. Which one is louder? I would assume the sobbing. Sobbing's pretty loud. I feel like the water isn't breaking the silence. I think it's just the sobs. My opinion. That very night, only minutes before Benihimi had been turned down by the boy she had confessed to, Matsumoto Shoji, Benihimi had known from the very start that her confession was a long shot. After all, she had tried to kill Soji before, yet she still had out in belief that she had changed enough in Shoji's eyes that he would accept her feelings. Wow. Any thoughts on that little... I wonder, I wonder what the murder attempt was. Right? Like, she thinks that attempting to murder someone's a pretty... But I'd say that's a turnoff for me. 
Yeah, but I agree. Tries- well, it depends on if you know about it, right? If someone tries to kill me and then like ask me out, I'm going to be like, no, you. I feel like you might try to kill me again. Hmm. What if they just like slipped a little something in your drink and you just got sick one night? That would be way worse. Or no, that's just as, that's just as poisoning me. I'm not a fan of drugging, personally. I don't know about you. Do you like to go to clubs and you just ask people to slip things in your drinks? It depends on what it is. On the night or... No, on what the substance is. So, like, only Adderall or Ruhifnol, I'm assuming. Those are your two okays. Oh. Yeah. I don't know what Ruhifnol is, but I do enjoy drugs that I don't know the name of. Cause That's the way to go. I like to go to the pharmacy and just pick up a handful. <laughs> just shove them down. Uh, it was not to be, though. Soji was in love with one of her friends, Kojima Noriko. That was also no surprise to Benahimi. She had thought she saw love bl- blossoming between the two, yet confessing to Soji was something she had to do. Soji had pointed out her unwillingness to act on her romantic actions and how it had led to her ending up with her cheating ex-boyfriend, Takaishi Kaiji. Confessing to Soji was Benahimi... <laughs> you catching all these names? <laughs> I feel like we're reading Lord of the Rings right now. <laughs> this is a lot of names. I'm already lost. Well, you're gonna have to keep up with these names. We got forty thousand words of this. Maybe we could like control uh, FR. Just replace. Uh, all yeah, the just put names. in like Bob and Emily. <laughs> what are you saying? You can't remember Japanese names? Well, I I can try, but this is my first time around. Uh, so you're not yokai. you're not an anime fan. No, I mean <laughs> I like anime, but uh, mainly just for the pictures. <laughs> I don't know what that means. What? <laughs> okay. <laughs> like you like you turn the sound off i don't know just there's pretty drawings okay i can get that i can understand that uh let's see <laughs> confessing to soji was benihimi proving to herself that she had taken soji's words to heart and had matured it was supposed to be a moment of strength no matter the outcome all that all that did not change the fact that her art ached and did nothing to stop the bitter tears that flowed the temperature around Benihimi started to slowly drop, and her tears started to become pearls of ice. She had to control, get control of herself. Benihimi was a Yuki Ona. Her ice powers were linked to her emotions, and heart- heartache made her dangerous. She took a deep breath, finished the dishes, and went to clean herself up in the bathroom. As she walked past the bathroom, wait. As she walked to the bathroom, Benihimi thought about the other boy she had been involved with, the one she thought she was going to marry, Kaiji. Her ex-boyfriend was the past, though. Part of the, the past, Benihimi. She is someone she no longer... Wa- wait. What? <laughs> Did I say that her right? Her ex-boyfriend was the past, though. Part her, of a- Her ex-boyfriend was the past, though. Part of a past, Benihimi. Someone she no longer was, and Soji was a transition. That was what Benihimi told herself as she washed her face in the sink, allowing the water to wash away her thoughts. When she looked up in the mirror, her black shoulder-length hair and bangs framing her face, her almond-shaped eyes like two wet black pearls from her tears, her thin lips, though, were curved into a small smile. She would move on. The past would not weigh her down. Wow. I think we need a whiteboard in here just with all these <laughs> names. and So there's Benihimi, main character. Okay. She's upset right now. Yep. And that's she's a because- yokai, right? Uh, presumably. Okay. I mean, uh, she's she's crying ice crystals. So, so. Yeah, she's definitely probably a yokai. Uh, so she confessed her love to Soji, someone she tried to kill at one okay. point. But Soji was not in love with her. Soji was in love with Kojimi Noruki. Oh, wow. I no- forgot Noruka. about her already. Um, and then, uh, Soji's words to heart, uh, that somehow led to, uh, so that led to, um, Binahimi Toyama, uh, going to her cheating ex-boyfriend, Takaashi Keiji, and Kaiji is a part of Binahimi's past, uh, part of a past Binahimi that Binahimi wants to just drop. She's not a part of this anymore. Are you following <laughs> All right, yep. Two paragraphs down. Two paragraphs down. A gentle hand touched her soldier, and Benhimi jumped. The face of a woman with long black hair, keen eyes behind a pair of fake glasses, and fox ears appeared in the mirror. It was Kurosawa, the school principal, a five-tailed fox. Benihimi could could have cursed her luck. She could have cursed Kurosawa, but that was not a proper response, and Benihimi prided herself on her ability to respond properly. Hello, Kurosawa-sama. Oh, sorry, I said that wrong. Hello, Kurosawa-sama. Is there something you need from me? Benihimi asked, turning to face the principal. Kurosawa cocked her head, a smile on her face, her five tails dancing. She was in a playful mood. 
I saw that, a female and male student were in the kitchen facilities alone after hours, as the principal. It is only natural that I should make sure nothing too improper was going on. The fox was mocking her. She knew very well that Benihimi was not that type of girl. See, she knows Benihimi ain't, ain't no fooling around in the if kitchen. If I know Kurosawa, who I am. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you know that she's, you know, mocking. Benihimi was not that type of girl. The problem with Kurosawa was that, even though she was the principal, she was also basically Benihimi's cousin and enjoyed being overly familiar with her. I can assure you, I can assure you, Kurosawa-sama, nothing improper happened. I would not cause a scandal to Sasayama Academy. You need to learn to relax a little bit, Benitan. Kurosawa. That's your name? Benitan? But, but like, I think it's like a, like a way of saying like kiddo or something. Oh, like I see. Kurosawa-sama. That's a tongue twister right there. Kurosawa-sama said, and Benihimi had to once again control herself at being called a child. Kurosawa placed her hands behind her head and floated in the air, stretching out like she was on a relaxing couch. All jokes aside, Benihimi-san, I came here for two reasons. First was to make sure that you would not need my help again. I felt your aura. Kurosawa might be mischievous like all foxes Benihimi had met, but she was extremely powerful also just like the rest of her kind. She had sensed Benihimi's heart ached just to make sure she did not need to be sealed like when Keiji broke her heart. I have my emotions under control. I was prepared to be turned down. Being prepared doesn't lessen the pain. And if you live long enough, you learn heartache is a part of love. And you learn, if you loved once, you will love again. Kurosawa said, looking Benihimi in her eyes, that of course, was something a yokai that I lived for over 400 years would say. I'm glad you learned from your last experience. I simply tried not to disappoint anyone by making the same mistake, Benihimi said, bowing slightly at Kurosawa's praise. I wish you would take my advice on relaxing, Kurosawa said, coming back to her feet and standing in front of Benihimi. It seemed her playful aura had left Kurosawa and was being replaced with a stern, almost stifling aura. Your parents not, might not agree with my ass- assessment of your growth, though. I just finished speaking with them. Benihimi stood up even straighter. Kurosawa had spoken to her parents. From her demeanor and words, it was not good news. Benihimi hated that the thought of disappointing her parents. She did her best to live up to her family's name, even though she knew it was impossible. Benihimi was a twice-born, a yokai who was born from the death of something else. As such, she had no real parents, but had been adopted by two nine-tailed fox sisters. Fox yokai were also twice-borns, becoming yokai after a fox lived for a hundred years and his tail split in two. Once they had lived nine hundred years, foxes became as close to gods as yokai could become, without actually being gods. Knowing that two gods had adopted her into the family and raised her, it always seemed like the greatest honor to Benihimi, one she struggled to live up to. Are my parents displeased with me? Okay, hold on a second. Is yeah. this is this all like legitimate loci or yokai lore or or I don't know. I'm not a yokai <laughs> expert. That was a lot to dump on. Yeah. So, so, so I'm trying to tell was was one of her parents a two-tailed fox and then they split in half and then she had two parents then? No, then, no. So she was uh, born out of something that died. So she didn't have parents, but so she was adopted by two fox sisters but the foxes are also twice born so they came out when a fox lives for a hundred years it dies and becomes a fox yokai from what i can tell okay and then when that fox lives for and its tail splits in two and then when that fox lives for every hundred years i think it gets another tail and so when it's a nine-tailed fox it means it's lived for 900 years and it's essentially a god and that's her parents they're two they're ten they're two god foxes okay they're foxy gods all right, it all makes sense now. Okay, so I think, okay. <clears throat> Is it ever that simple? Kurosawa answered Benihimi's question with her own. Before Benihimi, Benihimi could answer, she continued. They are proud of your efforts when it comes to gaining human support. Your efforts in the student council elections has pleased them very much. Benihimi was running for the first year student council president against her friends, Hanzo y- Yayaka. <laughs> You ready for for some more names? Why is it the full names every single time? Her friends, Hanzo Yayaka, Kojima Noriko, and Suzuki. Alice? What? What? What'd you say? (laughs) Nothing. I'm trying to replace the names. So, (laughs) you trying to whitewash this? 
<laughs> Kojima Noriko. Remember, that's a repeat name from before. Okay. And Suzuba Mari, all of whom were also yokai. It made sense that they were all yokai. The auras yokai, yokais gave off attracted humans. This fact was useful because yokai came to the human world to gain human followers. A long time ago, a great human monk had convinced that the yokai gods that rather than fighting wars that would destroy both the yokai and the human world, they should instead settle the differences by a human popularity contest. It sounded silly, but as her parents told her, the gods are ageless and all-powerful. Their grateful purpose is fighting their boredom and managing the fickleness of humanity's tastes provided to be a great, provided to be a great pastime. I am glad I have pleased my parents. I will continue to work as hard as I can. I'm guessing, though, that they are upset at my failings in my romantic life. <laughs> oh, do you think they know about the attempted murder? I would assume so. Apparently, Kurosawa does. <clears throat> yes, your handling of the Tanahashi-san incident was not you at your best. Okay, Tanahashi-san being the attempted murder victim uh, uh one of them apparently okay. also there was soji oh oh yeah oh yeah soji it has made your parents question if it might not be the best for you to return to the yokai world kurosawa said Bidahimi felt a pinch in her heart again she had let her parents down so much that they wanted her to return to the yokai world Bidahimi admitted she had not handled kaiji cheating on her correctly she had fallen into a mad rage and tried to kill him it had taken the F okay so she's gotten three people oh no wait, wait. so Tanahashi cheated with Kaiji. Oh, oh, the best friend, right? Yeah. Okay. So she went to a killing rage. I wonder if that rage is what almost killed Koji. Oh, as like a... Like a casualty. Oh, I see. So it's so kind of like... A, what's it called when a grenade... Ex oh, shrapnel. Yeah, shrapnel or collateral yep. damage. Yeah, because I mean, these yokai are very powerful. Yeah, right? So. Like she, she, she made her tears freeze. <laughs> <laughs> i can do that too i just have to go home in the winter time and yeah you know be my son i had a friend he was part of the he was in the polar vortex up in michigan and he said he went outside with wet hair once and it immediately flash froze to his head like a helmet <laughs> it just <laughs> snapped it off no more hair anymore. like he said like he started getting like cold headaches and he had to immediately try and go back inside and melt his hair <laughs> yeah dude if you go out when it's too cold and you like keep your eyeballs open it's kind of hard to <laughs> shut them. It's terrifying. Uh, where was I? Yeah. It taken the efforts of her friends to stop her. She even fought Noriko and Mari. Yuki Onas were split spirits of vengeance, born with enough negative energy from women who had died cursing men who had wronged them gathered in the yokai world. So these are like really angry woman spirits. Okay. Um, even... Even so, Benihimi had never thought of herself as a violent person. That was until she saw pictures of Kaiji cheating on her that showed that Shoji showed her her heart didn't just break. She became overwhelmed by a strong urge to get revenge for being wronged. Her parents had raised her to fight those urges. They had taught her to control her vengeful heart. Yet when tested in the human world, she had failed them. My parents wish me to return to the yokai world? Hold on. Yeah. So, uh, what's your character's name again? Benahimi. Benahimi's best friend cheated on... No. Yes. But took pictures of, of the act no, and no, then no, showed no, it no. to her. Benahimi was dating Kaiji. So, this is already like a soap opera. I'm loving it. So, Benahimi was dating Kaiji, right? Yep. And then Kaiji cheated on Benahimi with Tanahashi. Yep. And so, then... Koji somehow had pictures of this. Oh, Koji is unrelated in the affair. Yeah, he showed the He's pictures. He's just the peeping Tom out there. <laughs> I guess. Well, to be fair, according to this, Benahimi's not that kind of girl, so whether or not they're having sex is up in the air. Oh, true. They could have just been holding hands. They could have just been having a good Frito-Lay snack. A hot dish, if you will. <laughs> but um, also we found out that... Uh, Benihimi is a, ona, a Yuki Ona, which means that she's literally an amalgamation of angry women's emotions. Dude, there's so much to unpack here. There's a lot. Can we just start over? <laughs> this is some dense reading. Your parents want you to consider it and answer them at the end of this semester. Kurosawa said. Her parents weren't telling Benihimi to return to the yokai world, but if they brought up the idea, it must mean they, they thought... 
they thought she should, didn't it? Benihini looked at Kurosawa to get some inclination of her parents' thoughts, but the 500-year-old fox was beyond her ability to read. What do you think? Kurosawa let out a sigh, interrupting Benihimi, and then she did something that caught Benihimi off guard. She hugged her. Benitan, your parents are giving the ability to choose your fate, your own fate. They may be gods, but even gods can't read an individual's heart. You have to look into your own heart and decide whether or not this world is one you want to remain in. You have earned enough of your parents' faith in your judgment that they are leaving it in your hands. Only you can decide. It is not my place to influence that decision. I understand, Kurosawa-sama. God, I can't... Tongue twister. I understand, Kurosawa-sama. Please forgive me for having been out of line, Benihimi said. Do try to learn to relax a little, Kurosawa said, as she made her way out of the bathroom. Benihimi was left alone in the bathroom. That night had been full of more emotion than she had expected when, awo- when she awoke that morning. She had expected strong emotions from her confession to Soji, but had not been ready for their intensity, and now she found herself questioning if the human world was even the place she should be. Perhaps in the yokai world with her parents was where she belonged. Her parents had offered in, offered in the past to find Benihimi a partner when she was old enough. Perhaps a marriage arranged by her parents would be for the best. Damn, that's, that's some Ooh. despair. <clears throat> Is this mine? Yep. You aren't going but you aren't going to go back to the yokai world, are you? Once again, Benihimi was startled. As she walked out of the bathroom, a twin-tailed girl Oh wait, that wasn't you. Oh, Unless shit. you also want to be Mari. Who's Mari? It's her best friend. Wait, Mari is the cheater? No, wait, no. Wait. No. I haven't heard the name Mari yet. That's too short. It's a friend. Are you sure that's right? Yeah. You aren't you aren't going back to the yokai world, are you? Okay, that's a horrible voice. <laughs> that's not the... Uh, I, I can't... I guess oh, yeah, that works. You aren't going back to the yokai world, are you? Once again, Benihimi was startled. As she walked out of the bathroom, a twin-tailed gray cat rubbed up against her legs, talking to her. That was her friend, Susubasa Mari. A be- a be- a <laughs> in cat In her cat form. You shouldn't eavesdrops on Kurosawa-sama, Benihimi said, pointing out she shouldn't eavesdrop on her would be pointless, as Mari would simply brush her complaint aside. If that fox didn't want me to hear your conversation, she would have done something, Mari said as she leapt into Benihimi's arms. What she said was true. There was no way that Mari could hide her presence for Kurosawa, as she did from her. Anyway, like I said, you aren't going back to the yokai world. That is a personal issue, Benihimi said as Mari snuggled into her arms. She was so cute. <laughs> what it's true that she's cute yeah i mean i can't see her but just a cat yeah cat's pretty cute exactly why don't you let me find you a boyfriend like how i helped noriko chan end up with soji san oh mari's the reason shoji is with noriko instead Wait. of benahimi we are, we know these people noriko and <laughs> Yes, from the beginning. Damn it. <laughs> I think you need more beer to be able to keep yeah, up with this. Okay. I mean, I'm too deep right now, so that's definitely not enough for this. Like I have helped Noriko-chan end up with Soji-san. All you have to do is vote for me in the student council election, Mari said. Benahimi seriously doubted Mari's claim that she had led to Soji falling in love with Noriko. I politely decline your offer. Come on, what do you have to lose? You're going to give up on the human world. Give me your vote and I'll find you someone who will make you forget Tanaashi-san and be a better match than Shoji-san. You watch. Come Saturday, Shoji-san and Nariko-chan will be walking into the dining hall hand in hand. Let me play matchmaker. I'll get you the same results. Mari said as she purred in Benihimi's arms. She was so cute. Benihimi... <laughs> <laughs> that's going to be a punchline. I think I think it's a catchphrase, if anything. Yep. That's, that's a good catchphrase, though. Benihimi knew what Mari was doing. She was manipulating her. But to what end? She wants to win the election. Obviously. Yeah, it's, she's very clearly manipulating you to vote for her in the student council election. <laughs> but she didn't know. Getting Benny Himmy to vote for her in the student council election was just a smokescreen. Oh. Mari's schemes were complex and multifaceted. Oh. The girl was a legitimate genius, after all. The unfortunate fact that if Marley truly had her mind set to interfere with Benny Himmy's romantic life, she would. Benny Himmy wasn't sure if that was a bad thing. Maybe she could help her. She felt so lost at the moment. If Mari failed, it might mean that returning to the yokai world and having her parents arrange a marriage for her would be the best thing to do. 
all right, I'll give you it to the end of the semester to find me a boyfriend. <clears throat> end of chapter one. All right. Uh, do you have the cliff notes for this? or? Yeah, I can give a quick... Do you want a quick cliff notes of what happened? <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty lost. I mean, I, I understand the overarching uh, Do I need to go over the idea. exposition over yokai again or just, just what happened here? Who's yokai? They're all yokai. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Shit. I thought that was the name. <laughs> okay, so here's the... So, Benihimi confessed her love to Soji. But Soji doesn't feel the same for Benihimi because she went into a murderous rage after Kaiji cheated on her with Tanashi, right? And so, and, and in that rage, he, she tried to kill Kaiji, but she also apparently almost killed Soji. And so apparently Soji doesn't have the hots for Benihimi anymore, but Soji's instead with uh, 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 Noriko, who is another friend. Um, then Kurosawa comes in, who's the principal slash friendly person to um, uh, Benihimi, and they get into a talk, and then they're like, your parents want you to go back to the yokai world. You okay, want to consider I that part. So she, she's, they're considering taking her back to the yokai world. Then it turns out Mari, uh, or Sesuba Mari, was listening the entire time as a cat, and now she is trying to set up matchmaker for Benihimi in order to get her vote for the student council election, which she is also running against Benihimian. That's what happened. Okay. You caught up? Yep. Okay, so I, how do you feel about this story so far? Well, chapter one has unpacked quite a bit for us. Yeah. So I'm glad I'm glad that you understand what's going on. Because, <laughs> I mean, it turns out I actually can read, but that doesn't really mean that doesn't I can help. understand what's going on. <laughs> so... I do like the fact that we're like, this is essentially a soap opera at this point. Oh, definitely. Yeah, once, Except once. they're, they're godlike uh, spirit animals. So tune in next week when we uh, crack open uh, a calculus textbook and learn about differential equations. <laughs> uh, okay, so you ready to hit on chapter two? As ready as ever. Do you want to care? Do you want to be another character for this one? I oh think- my god! There's 20 chapters. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot. Okay. Uh, yeah, I definitely need another character because I don't know if uh, I don't think Kurosawa is going to show up in this one. Yeah. Do you want to be Mari? There's also Noriko. There's also Yayaka. I think that's it. Have you read this? I'm scrolling through right now. <laughs> so, which one do you want to be? Um, Mari Yayaka. I'll take a new character. How about you be Noriko? Okay, Noriko is new, but that's the the cheater, right? No, that's Fuck. the <laughs> that's Kai- Kaiji. Kaiji. Yeah. Kaiji. And then Noriko is the girl who's dating Shoji. Who's Shoji? The one that Benihimi confessed her love to at the beginning. Okay. Okay, so what is the total number of characters that have been introduced? We're like at like 10 already or okay. something like that. We're at a lot. All right. Because I, I know two characters so far. Three. I know of three characters that are like committed in my brain. Okay. Who are I don't know three? their names. So there's the uh, the teacher Kurosawa. who's also the cousin of well, no, she, the she's, main... She, she's like a cousin. Oh. Okay. So there's the teacher that's like a cousin to the main character. Yeah, Kurosawa. Kurosawa. And Kurosawa is being swindled. No. Well, actually, honestly, she Kurosawa is probably going to end up meeting the love of her life through this. Uh, I think you're thinking of Benihimi. Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> if Chapter you like daytime two. television, you're going to love this story. <laughs> I mean, I like the Price is Right. Yeah, that's what I meant. There's a lot of characters in that. There's a lot. There's there's a lot of people Bill, to keep track. John, <laughs> Jacob, Jingleheimer, Smith, all of them. Uh, chapter two. Bert. Benihimi rolled over in her bed and turned off the alarm on her phone. Has she made? Has she made her way to the bathroom to take her morning shower? Many things weighed down on her mind. The question of returning to the yokai world put forth by her parents was still there. Though if she was honest, she had not given it much thought in the week that followed. The week had been spent in a final mad dash toward the finishing line of the student council elections, and today was election day. 
As Benihimi let the cold water caress her skin, she thought of how her problems could be solved as she became student council president. Foxes, with as mischievous as they were, were the bureaucrats of the godly yokai. Her parents certainly would not expect her to resign from her post as president if she won. They wanted to give her a reprieve, a whole school year to figure her life out. It may be a bit cowardly to not deal with her problems head on, but Benihimi could not start even to come to a decision. All her life, her parents would have been words have been tantamount to a godly decree. Never had she thought of disobeying. Now through her fate was left in their own hands, and Benihimi feared to make a decision that would lead her parents being disappointed. That honestly... Wait, hold on. Is Benihimi running for student council? Yeah. (laughs) You look look, look so lost. (laughs) So... Um, I feel like that's a, like actually a pretty common sentiment a lot of like people have. I know especially some girls I knew, uh, like their parents were like essentially like you know what they said was like the law of the land. I mean, it wasn't too much the case for me as much, but like I know some people had like parents that were like strict and like you oh, know. Yeah. And so I think that's I think this is something people can relate to. Yeah. Do you, do you relate? I relate to that part. <laughs> So the the cat part or the yeah the law of the land part the law of the land part not the cat part i think it's mainly because it's the only thing that i can understand so far <laughs> those weren't my parents but uh, you know i witnessed that in my own life and i just want to say you know i'm not i'm not this culturally ignorant person but he's i'm really a, struggling right now he spent a whole week in mexico yeah <laughs> i know spanish well, that, that should bit. help a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, maybe we can just call these people. Never mind. Cut that part. What are we going to call them? Pedro? <laughs> It'll be easier. That's a, yeah, okay. Yeah, dude, this is a lot different than any of the other Japanese culture that I've uh, consumed. I, I, I'll put. I got ten bucks that that Peter Neutral Natural is not Japanese, <laughs> just straight up, as is the case on the internet. <laughs> Benihimi walked out of the bathroom feeling quite depressed. So after dressing quickly, she set about cheering herself up. Since it was election day, Benihimi had decided she would cook all the first year girls in her dorm breakfast. Mari was the first to show up at the small kitchenette in the girls girls dorm. She was in human form. She appeared as a small, athletically built girl, a body perfect for the gymnastics she practiced. Ah. Uh, that's a little detail right there. The cat does gymnastics. Why are you, why are you shaking your head? <laughs> it's going to come into play later, isn't it? I, well, mean, I, it, I, just, I just thought that made sense. Cats. Now that you called it out, that's going to be one of the few details that I actually remember. What, that the cat does gymnastics? <laughs> 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 she kept her hair in twin braids that came down to her shoulders. Her tails when she was not in cat form. Her her eyes, even in human form, still had a cat-like quality to them. Morning, what you making? Mari asked lazily. I'm making omelets for everyone, Benihimi said. Wouldn't it be easier just to make scrambled eggs? Mari asked. Do they eat scrambled eggs in Japan? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Once again, I'm betting not Japanese. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're up. Oh, it's my big my big moment. Who am I, Mari? You're no, you're Noriko. Don't discourage her from making us something yummy, Noriko said to Mari as she entered the dining area. Noriko was also running for president along with Mari. The two were roommates and childhood friends, but had quite different personalities. Noriko was kind-hearted and serious, a judo prodigy, and the head of the school's unofficial anti-bullying group. Her body, in contrast to both Benihimi and Mari, was tall, muscularly built, while still having curvy hips and a busty chest. <laughs> is that, is that These fun? are high schoolers, right? Yeah. <laughs> you, you look concerned. I don't. Oh, I guess. I guess you know people. You've obviously never seen an anime. <laughs> I have. <laughs> Do you not want to? I've seen uh, Attack on Titan. Is that anime? That's an anime. Yeah. Oh, okay. I've seen a few episodes. Okay, well, I mean, you probably wouldn't get the same stereotypes of anime from that one as you would from like, yeah, because that was pretty epic. That one's a pretty, that one's a pretty intense one. Yeah. Her wavy brown hair and tan skin hinted at a bit of wildness inside, which was, in fact, true since she was an oni. It sounds like she's making last effort to get some votes, Mari said. 
The fact was, there was some truth to that. Stop being so suspicious of everyone, Benny-chan. Is a genuinely nice person, Yayaka said as she entered the dining area with her roommate, Ukitaki Ina. Yayaka was Benihimi's best friend, and they made quite the odd pair. Yayaka was a succubus, her long black hair, pretty brown eyes, full lips, well-indied chest, and tight rear end. <laughs> you okay over there? Dude, this this took an erotic turn. Why why did we not get these uh Was <laughs> you been paying more attention in the first chapter of the, there's these descriptions? Wait, why? Were were we talking about stuff like that? <laughs> It's just really standing out now for some reason. The things of boys' dreams. She was flirtatious, forceful at times, but absolutely loyal to her friends. Ina was one of her lovers. A human girl had fallen for Ayaka and whose feelings Ayaka chose to reciprocate. Ina was a skinny girl who kept her hair in a stylish bob and a pretty face with a beauty mark next to her left eye. Benihimi liked Ina. She was down to earth and straightforward without ever being rude. Is there anything we can do to help? Nariko asked as Mari and Ayaka started bickering. You can start setting up. You can start setting up plates. Benihimi Wait, said. Wait, hold on. That's the wrong voice. That's the wrong voice. You Uh-oh. can start setting out plates. No, that's Benihimi, right? Is it? I think so. Okay. Are you thinking of the Yayaka? The you can start setting out plates. <laughs> that's Yayaka. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Continue. Benihimi then focused on cooking while the others went about their conversations and setting the small tables in the dining area. Mari was right in start stating that omelets were far more difficult than just doing scrambled eggs, but Benihimi enjoyed the showing off of her cooking skills. As the rest of the girls in the dorm started to file into the small area, picking up their omelets and heading back out into the hallway to eat. Benihimi imagined herself as a head chef at her own restaurant during, during the morning rush. This more than anything was Benihimi's element, but soon enough she was done, plating her own omelet and sitting down at a table with Yayaka, Ina, Noriko, and Mari. This tastes great, Benny-chan, Yayaka said as she devoured her omelet. Yayaka-chan is right. It's always a treat to eat your food, Noriko said. Thank you, she said, happy that her food is being enjoyed by her friends. This this food is great. I hope you cater my victory path when I win tonight, Mari said with a devil-may-care smile on her face. Isn't it important in the morning for you to start stirring things up, Ina told Mari. I'm not stirring thing anything up, Mari said, looking as innocent as possible. Did you watch Love Letter Lovelies yesterday? Noriko said, changing the subject. Love, Le- Love Letter Lovelies was a Yuri drama series all the girls were a big fans of. I still can't believe what Yui did. I knew Yuri wasn't the innocent girl everyone always thought she was, Mari said. She was probably telling the truth. Mari was a super fan. The pajama band she was wearing had pictures of the characters from the show all over them. The girls continued their conversation until finally they had to get up and do their dishes. The girls then went off to do their own things. Ayaka went off with Ina, likely to do something Benihimi didn't want the details of. The same was true of Mari. She was going to start her own chaos. Noriko went to meet up with her new boyfriend, Soji. He had finally confessed to Noriko like Benihimi had suggested he do when he turned her down her own confession. What? So... So what happened was Benihimi's like, I love you. And then Soji's like, nah, I ain't, I ain't like that fam. And then Benihimi's like, yo, you should go say I love you to Noriko. Oh. <laughs> I think that's a weird thing to do after you get rejected. To be like, because she was very upset. Yeah. Do you ever do that when you're rejected? You're like, hey, but you know what? Yeah, I don't know, because you start to spite the person a little bit. A little, it's 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 hard not to, There's especially like, at the heat of the moment. Yep, and you just kind of like distance yourself, and you're like, you know what, whatever, fuck that person. They can yeah. do what they want. You can have them. You can have them. Maybe that was the mood. Yep. He was like, no, Rico, dump your stupid ass, and then turns out Noriko's like really in love with Soji. So it's yeah. like, oh, it didn't work out. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe Benny kind of a match matchmaker then, huh? Benny Himi's a little bit of a matchmaker, yeah, against her own will. As for herself, Benihimi went to her room and decided to finish her homework. There was no reason to put it off when she had free time. Fucking nerd. (laughs) 
Finally, the time came for Benihimi to make her way to the auditorium for the voting. She was she put on the dress that she had bought with Yayaka the day before. It was a knee-length light blue dress with a silver trim and a silver bow on her chest. Benihimi thought she looked cute as she combed her hair and put on some light makeup. When she was done, Benihimi waited for her roommate Honga Iko to finish getting ready. The two weren't particularly close. Iko was too much of a gossip for Benihimi's liking, but there was always courteous to each other. When Benihimi stepped out of her room, she was met by Yayaka and Ina. Yayaka was stunning in her little black dress, emphasis on the little. It seemed to be painted on. Ina wore a more modest outfit, a black skirt, and a pink blouse. The group made their way to the auditorium where the elections would be held. Calling the building an auditorium was a bit misleading. It was as big as a concert hall and decided to rival any building in the area. The outside was sort of like a traditional Japanese building, but was made from a white precast concrete, which the pitched roof being made of red zinc panels. This is a lot of information I don't think we need. <laughs> yeah, but this is how you make a long story. <laughs> I, yes, I guess that is true. If you want to make a long story, just throw in a bunch of shit. Dude, I feel like that's that's pretty much every book that's ever been written. That needs to get published, right? Because nobody, nobody's gonna buy a thirty-page book. I mean, I did. No. Well, I bought a sixty-nine-page book. Oh well, I mean, if the content is good, yeah. But I mean, like you know, people people want bang for their buck, right? So yeah. If you're paying, like, I just hate reading descriptions of buildings. I, unless it like the building's important, I just hate it when they spin a page being like, "By the way, there was like a really cool painting on the side," and like it was just like super. Oh my god, it was yeah, such a cool painting. Well, I th- see. I think you're missing all these minor details because they're gonna come into play later on. So the traditional Japanese uh, facade with uh, red zinc panels. Yeah, don't. Well, yeah, don't you remember all the other details that have been said thus far? Because they're pretty important about right yokai, now. yeah, <laughs> not about the buildings. <laughs> yeah, you know those details. But what were they? So there's this character called Benihimi. <laughs> That's the detail. <laughs> um, at least I've got the name down now. Yeah, I'm pretty impressed with myself. Benihimi's favorite aspect of the building, though, were the windows, which were made to look like geometric trees. It was an impressive structure, one of many that made up Sasayama Academy, and it made it such a prestigious school. The girls used the bridge to cross over the koi pond that was in front of the entrance and walked into the auditorium. The library was as spectacular as the exterior, covered in a luscious red carpet with a mural of the heavens painted on the ceiling. The lobby was full of students. The students already in the lobby turned and watched as the group entered. Benihimi and Yayaka's Yoka Aura caused humans to be attracted to them. Though if Benihimi was honest, most of the boys were looking at the succubus walking next to her in that low-cut dress. That was an advantage Yayaka had over all over That was an advantage Yayaka had over all the other girls in the student council election. She was certain to get the majority of the male vote. It wasn't that none of the other girls had male admire, uh, none of the other girls had male admirers and followers. In fact, all four girls, even Mari, oh. Oh, that's that's a burn. Oh. Did you catch that? Yeah, apparently Mari's not hot. Yeah, cuz even she, even she has admirers. Ooh, author throwing some shade. God, maybe maybe that's why Mari isn't attractive. She keeps getting this shade thrown on her and she can't build up a tan. Had the boys admire <laughs> You okay? Yeah. <laughs> Married boys that admire them. But Yayaka just got the hormones raging in a way none of the other three could. Benihimi got in line to vote. As she did, she noticed Mari enter, and then Naruku and Soji enter together. When Benihimi got up to the voting booth, she kept her word and voted for Mari, as she punched a hole next to Mari's name. Benihimi got the feeling she was just asking for a ton of chaos in her life, at a time when she could use some peace. If she'd won, though, she would just let Mari play matchmaker while focusing fully on her job as president and her cooking club activities. If she did not win, Mari would make for a good plan B, having the cat girl helping her might make it easier to decide which path she should choose. Benihimi did wonder if her parents would approve of her getting outside help. Kurosawa refused to give Benihimi advice, after all. Benihimi wasn't a nine-tailed fox, though. She was a teenage Yuki Ona. Knowing when you needed help was also a type of wisdom, according to her parents. Benihimi put it put aside her impending decision about her. <laughs> you okay there? Take a breath. <laughs> this is a lot. I'm 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 confused. Like so, the yokai piece. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I feel like they're doing some pretty ordinary things. I don't know why that even needed to be included in the first place. Well, because they're yokai. Well, I know that, but like 
Yeah. There's already so much going on. <laughs> there you go. And now we got to like, now now they're, we have to remember that they're like spirit gods. Well, that's why they can win things. the elections. Oh, that's why they can win? Wait, well, does that give them an advantage? In the yeah, that's like council? the yokai's thing is like they like, they like win elections for fun. Oh. That was a thing at the beginning. That sounds like a human thing too though. Well, the, the yokai do it like they want to win human elections oh, for fun. I see. It's like a way to waste time or something. <laughs> like I said, that sounds like a human thing too. It totally is. <laughs> Minihimi put aside her opinion decision about her fate and focused on the matter at hand as she took her seat in the front row of the other candidates from the other grades. Yayaka and Mari took a seat next to her. The two were up to the friendly bickering they always did. Ina had taken a seat in the balcony with the rest of the first years. Noriko and Shoji showed up together. Shoji covering the election for the school paper didn't have to leave Noriko's side. Hmm. Seems like we all know why who you voted for in the end, Soji-kun. Ayaka said in a teasing manner, not holding any grudge against Noriko for having won Soji's heart. I don't need why I don't see why you need to say that Yayaka is not holding a grudge against Noriko for winning Shoji's heart when it was not clear that Yayaka wanted Shoji's heart. Like I don't think that was a thing that was said. So I wouldn't know. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. I think you I think you might be surprised, Ayaka chan. Ain't I right, Soji san? Mari asked, her usual mischievous smile on her face. Soji sighed. I actually voted for Mari san. She would only help me with my plan to confess to Noriko chan if I promised to vote for her. So Mari wasn't stretching the tooth when she said she was playing matchmaker for Noriko. Benihimi couldn't deny us feeling a sense of hope when she had agreed to Mari's without placing much hope in her actual finding her a boyfriend. Seeking Norio, Noriko and Shoji together got her thinking maybe Mari could deliver on her deal. Oh, you little sneak, Noriko said, looking at Mari. She made a bet with me yesterday. I was so nervous about the election I couldn't sleep. She said if I followed her... She would show me something that would make me not only forget about the election, but not care about it at all. And if she did, I had to vote for her. She told me that coming come Saturday morning, Noriko-san and Soji-san would walk in the cafeteria, a happy couple. And if I voted for her, she would play matchmaker for me. Okay, wait. Didn't Binahimi tell Soji to go confess his love for uh, Noriko after she was rejected by him? Yeah, that sounds right. Then why the fuck are they giving all the credit to Mari? High school, man. <laughs> I, I think <laughs> yeah. Um, Where was I? She told me Noriko-san would walk into a happy couple, and if I voted for her, she would play matchmaker for me. Benihimi said, paraphrasing the agreement she had with Mari. There was no need to bring everyone's mood down by letting them know she might be returning to the yokai world. All eyes turned to Ayaka. I voted for her too. We made an agreement. That was all Ayaka would say. Benihimi was curious what agreement her best friend had made, but knew if she wouldn't say it aloud, it's something she'd have to ask in private. You played us all, Soji. No, wait, no. You played us all, Soji said lightheartedly, accusing Mari. Benihimi had to agree. She really wondered what game Mari was truly playing and started to fear that the crafty cat would end up winning the election. That's what they call running a great campaign. Even when my opponents vote for me. Mari said laughing. The other girls, rather than holding a grudge, joined in the laughter. Soon enough, everyone fell silent as Kurosawa came on stage to read off the election results. The first year results were the last ones to read, so Benihimi waited, her anxiety building up on the inside. While she wore the first, the same, wait a minute. Wait a minute. They're all first years. Okay, so they're like 16 No, but I'm asking, they're 15? first years, right? Yeah. Oh, okay. She had the incident with Kaiji at the school. But this is their first year here. So before she even started the school, her parents were like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You might want to come home. <laughs> like before she even started. Yeah, they sound like very worried parents. They're though. very worried. So I'm, I'm, I'm just a little confused is all. Yeah, I can relate. 
The first year results are the last ones to be read, so Benahimi waited, her anxiety building up on the inside, while she wore the same calm exterior as usual as Kurosera got to the first years. Benahimi held her breath and made a final wish, but in the end, her wish was to be left unfulfilled. When Kurosawa read the best name, the next first year student council president, it was Yayaka who won. That was no easy. There would be no easy solution to Benahimi's problems. That was something she had to deal with at another time. Right then and there, it was more important to be a good friend to Yayaka. Congratulations, Ayaka-chan, Benihimi said as she hugged her best friend. Looks like sex appeal beat out brains, Mari said with a joking smile. That's not very appropriate, Benihimi rebuked Mari. It's, it's all right. I just know how to use what nature gave me better, Ayaka said, sticking out her tongue at Mari. Benihimi shook her head. Those two would never learn how to behave. Yayaka went to the stage and gave her victory speech. It was a bittersweet moment for Benihimi. Besides the effect... The effect the win would could have on her future, there was also the effort she had put into her campaign, just to end in a loss. All the girls were going through the same emotions, each dealing them in their own manner at the moment. Well, nothing left to do but celebrate, Mari said. End of chapter two. So? <clears throat> you know, do you, have you ever ran like a, a long set distance before where it's like, all right, I'm going to run three miles. Yeah. Okay. And you know, I don't, I, you might do this. I definitely do it as I'm running those three miles and I'm keeping track of how far I've run so far. I'm doing calculations in my head. Yeah. Where I'm like, okay, I'm 10% of the way through. Yeah. That's how I feel right now <laughs> about this story. Why is that? <laughs> All I know is I'm going to have to study next time. <laughs> well, okay. Well, perfectly, you're going to have a chance for a study break because you know what? This is just too much drama for us to put into one episode. So we're going to have to make this another series. Uh, so uh, before we leave for the week, uh, that's right. Next week, we'll be getting the next bit of Yokai and Hopeless Romantics. You know the deal. You've saw, you've seen, or went. You've come to our podcast live. You've been there. You know the deal. You know how it works. You've listened to gay tales. If you haven't, you should. Uh, anything you want to plug, Toxic Gold? Before we, uh, actually, no, we need to rate it. Uh, how would you get what one out of five Harry Potters? How many <laughs> one to five Harry Potters? How would you rate this story <laughs> as of so far? Oh man. Well, I feel like it's got about the same character de- character development as Harry Potter. We're just getting it a lot faster. We're getting it a lot faster. Yeah. Um, oh, boy. I'm not a huge Harry Potter fan, so it's a difficult scale for me. Okay. I'd say right now we're sitting at about a two out of five Harry Potters. I got I to gotta agree for the most part. Um, it's written pretty well. And the characters are unique and they have their own feeling to them. But some there's just little things that are confusing me. Like the first year, the whole drama with Soji is confusing. I wish it was more obvious what was happening. Did, ben, did Benihimi set up Soji and Naruku or did Mari do it? And how did Mari, if Mari did, if they both did it, why is Mari important? Why did Soji listen to Mari and not Benihimi? And yeah, I don't know. Uh, so I got to give it with the two. I like the drama, but like it's it's a little bit... I hope it. I hope it. I hope it gets a little more precise. Yeah, I'd like to hear future. more about the buildings. I think that that would be nice too. Less about yokai's, more about buildings. Yeah, that's our that's our review so far. Uh, yeah. So any any plugs you have? No, no plugs. No plugs for toxic. Gold. Just earplugs for next time. Yeah. So of course, uh, next week or next time, whatever the time frame is. Uh, come back and hear some more of Yokai and Hopeless Romantics. Uh, leave us a review on uh, iTunes because apparently that matters. Uh, also, uh, oh we have wait, a pa- donate to our Patreon. Yeah, don't we join our Patreon? It's wonderful. We got one tier and it's one dollars a month. Okay, so one you have to go to our URL patreoncom buried, I believe. Um, or you can go to our website, buriedgems.podbean.com, and you can go there, and the About page has a link. Uh, you can't search on Patreon because we're adult material, and they don't let you search that on Patreon. So you have to search like Buried Gems Patreon and Google, and then it'll show up. But if you can find it, it'll be a task. But once you can find it, you can get join our $1 program, which gives you exclusive access to 
uh, some content we're working on. Like we actually have an author profile up for Wasp Sting. That's pretty good. Uh, you can also join our Discord and chat with us and just yell things at us, say insults, make us feel bad. That's fine. I mean, you're paying a dollar. Um, and then also you can pay, I think it's $200 in the cost of a plane ticket and I will come to your house, give you a PhD in internet literature and bury gems in your backyard. Um, that is an exclusive offer only open to our Patreon subscribers. So go check out our Patreon. Uh, also check out, uh, I don't know if this podcast exists yet or not in the time frame, but First Impressions Music Podcast is a podcast me and Toxic Gold is also on where we review music. So if you want to check out some new music, go over there. And I believe that's it. That's a good way to end it. Hey, the stories, you know, they might take off. And if you have any other stories you think might take off, feel free to email them to us at buriedgympodcast at gmail.com.